Sports Talk, Saturday morning style on the Nick Brown Show. You can call us at 888-993-7762, email sports at ESPN977.com, and become a fan of the Nick Brown Show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. We certainly appreciate you waking up early on this Saturday morning to be a part of the show. You can call us on the H2Go Paddle Hotline, 888-993-7762, or you can text us on the H2Go Paddle text line, 888-993-7762. We're the Donut Man. We have some texts that have already uh, come in. We do. Back on the cam uh, comments, Jacob from West Monroe says she should have said, it's funny to see an NFL quarterback dressed like a female. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then then we have Steve who uh, commented, Welcome back, Donut Man, if that's your real name. And don't feel bad about the Bulldogs. What if you were an LSU fan right now? Want to trade coaches? <laughs> <laughs> and no, I, no, I do not want to trade coaches. Uh, Donut Man's not my real name, but Nick won't allow me to say my real name on the air, so just continue to call me Donut Man. That's right. The artist formerly known as Donut Man. You know, it's interesting, though, you talk about that, the coaching change, and I think we'll touch on that, and we'll touch on that with Lynn Scarborough. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. But it's interesting. Uh, I find the one thing, you, you look, there's always going to be, when you, when you have a new coach, and you look, and, and you're LSU fan, you can be critical of Joe Oliva, the athletic director, and offering a, uh, a huge buyout to a, a, a coach that probably you could have got him for a lot less. And everything that's transpired in Baton Rouge. And, you know, and, and you, you wonder, you, does anybody wish they had less miles back? I don't know, but are you getting your money's worth out of your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator? You know, certainly a lot of rejoicing in Baton Rouge when uh, Kevin Steele left and you got Dave Aranda. And you look at what the job that Kevin Steele is doing uh, now at Auburn, uh, you look at Coach Canada and the offense, and, and you know I'll say this: it's going to be interesting to see what happens down in Florida today. I think obviously a very pivotal game, and uh, you, you look: is this a game that could go in if the, if the Gators dominate? Is it one that uh, could be totally demoralizing to uh, the, to the LSU Tigers? Now I will say this: you got to look look forward to next week when you got to when uh, LSU and Auburn play because Auburn hasn't won in Baton Rouge since uh, 1999. But I want to stick with the game that uh, that I'm in Birmingham to cover today, and that's between uh, UAB and Louisiana Tech. And I'll give you a little backdrop. Again, I said it earlier that uh, you know, great general manager Gary McKinney allows us to make trips all during the summer. And uh, you know, we're one of the few of our size, and we make it out to uh, all the Conference USA media, all the media days. So we go to SEC, Conference USA, Sun Belt. We Centauri, Centauri goes to the SWAC. We cover it all. And because of that, we're able to make relationships. And years ago, you know, and I've been here in revolving door that was UAB head coaches, and you had Coach Garrett McGee, very good coach, but you could tell. He'd been at the Power Five level. He'd been in Arkansas. He'd been in place with Bobby Petrino. And really just talking to him, you just didn't get that vibe. And then you, you, you meet Bill Clark. And the first thing I said to him was uh, – you know, I saw you coach in high school, and I was I was one of those guys. It was I guess you kind of nerdy, sports dork, whatever it may be. But on some Friday nights in college, I would drive to the high school game of the uh, best one in the area, and often, often it meant making your way to uh, to Prattville, uh, Alabama, where he was a high school coach. And he had some sense that he had a sense as a defense coordinator down at uh, South Alabama, whom the Bulldogs played last week. 
Then he went to his alma mater, Jacksonville State, uh, the FCS level. And the team that he built there had a very good year, went to playoff, 10 and 3, 11 and 3, first year. And uh, then left and went to UAB. Of course, you know the story. has been told over and over again. It got rid of the program. But, uh, you know, I told him when I first met him, he said, You know the difference between you and everybody else I've met from UAB? You want to be there. And a friendship was formed, so look, uh, we enjoy this. I had a chance to uh, talk with him uh, earlier, and I look forward to this interview now with a UAB head coach, Bill Clark. Glad to have a UAB head coach, Bill Clark, join us this morning on the Nick Brown Show. And, Coach, I know you were really excited. That, that feeling, describe that feeling when you came out of the tunnel the first time and football is back. Oh, it was unreal. I mean, it was just such a long time coming to, to get to that point. And, you know, we had over 45,000 fans there. It was it was unreal. You know, I was just um, obviously knew what was in front of us with the whole year ahead. But just the excitement to be able to bring football back to a city that loves football and to our university, it was it was terrific. Man, you get the victory on top of that. And now you look at here as the Blazers get ready to take on Louisiana Tech. But you look at the schedule. Uh, had a difficult game with uh, Ball State. You beat Coastal Carolina. And then, uh, then a real close one, Coach, a nail-biter with North Texas. And really, describe that because we talked about would that feeling get old? Well, I've known Bill Clark for a long time, and I think that each time you come out of the tunnel, you know how special it is because of all that you've been through. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. We we, we said this early, and I kept trying to explain to people, we're going to get through the first one, and then it's going to be football like football is, especially in this conference. It's a fight, uh, great coaches and great teams, and we're just going to have to fight our tails off just to be in games. And, you know, the only thing I really committed to everybody here was that we were going to be competitive and, and, and fight our butts off, and, and that team did that. You know, we got down. And they just fought and fought, and there we are at the end of the game and tied up. And, you know, just a heartbreaker for us. But, well, I couldn't have been proud of those kids and coaches. Well, let's talk about uh, some of your players. Really been impressed with your running back, Spencer Brown. Yeah, you know, it's good to, to get a local guy. You know, anytime, wherever you are, when you can get local players, you think that's always good. Spencer was a guy who played linebacker, you know, his, his really his sophomore, junior year, and we found him at camp. They had kind of been messing with him at running back and played some toward the end of his junior year. And, you know, he's a over 600-pound squatter. He, you know, he ran four or five, something for us at camp. I mean, the future is really bright for this young man. Uh, it certainly is. And, Coach, I look at this, and your record right now is two and two. And I want to tell you, and I told you at Conference USA Media Day, you know, a lot of people about what are the Blazers going to do? What are the Blazers going to do? Well, I tell you what the Blazers are going to do. Blazers are going to be bowl eligible, Coach. And I tell you, you got some games that I think, when you look at it, of course, no games are played on paper. And you're going to look at that scale, and you're going to tell me, you know, the coach speak. But the game, there's going to be some games, and I think Louisiana Tech is one of them, Middle Tennessee State, and Southern Miss. Those are games out of those three games. For my prediction to be true that you go 6-6 six and six and go to a bowl game, you got to steal one of those games. But like you said, they're all very good teams in this conference. Yeah, I mean, I, I said this in 14 when I came in, and, and, and the thing that, that you can look at is our, is our record in bowl games. I mean, we've three out of four years we've won the, the head-to-head bowl competition um, when we go outside of our conference. So that tells you the coaches, that tells you the caliber players, that tells you that football is very important. And, um, you know, I, it top to bottom, boy, what a good league. And that's not that's not really coach talk. I mean, that is, it really is. And so, um, you know, we got this game, we got the next game. I mean, they're all they're all tough. Obviously, this is, we felt like we knew it before the season that La Tech would be one of the toughest, if not the toughest teams we played. 
You know, really excited. You talk about the 45,000 uh, that came out in attendance. And, of course, you're celebrating homecoming today versus Louisiana Tech. I think that is the difference in years past when the program was taken away and everybody said, you know, save the program. Well, they put their money where their mouth is. And now, Coach, they're showing up. And, and I think it's really it's, – it is like an entire new program. Even though, you know, you had football before, now people are really committed and buying into the program. Yeah, I think exactly right. I think sometimes you got to lose something to know what you what you're missing, and I think that happened to these people. And you know, this there's there's obviously two really good other programs in the state, and then the Troys and the South Alabamas. But Birmingham is the economic center of this state. It is the you know kind of the moniker of the football capital of the South. Sixteen straight years, number one football watching television city in America. You know, it's important. Our people now feel like you know I think we fought for them and believed in Birmingham and stuck around and. I think they've appreciated that, and, and, you know, we just, we're going to need a really good crowd today, you know, for this one as well. Now, you talk about Birmingham being the football capital of the South. I can tell you, growing up in Alabama, I also knew it is that's the place where you went when you need medical attention. And, Coach, what you're doing uh, this Saturday is absolutely incredible today. Your players, let's describe how that came to be, but your players are going to be wearing the names of basically of children that are battling some pretty serious illnesses on their jersey. Just coach an incredible idea. How did this come to be? Well, I, you know, I, we kind of got to, you know, look, and you look down the street, and there, besides the fact you've got UAB, which is world renowned, you've got Children's Hospital, which is, is also, you know, world renowned for how it takes care of kids. And so we started going over there in 14 and met the people from Children's Harbor, which is a, kind of an offshoot of Children's Hospital. They take care of the families and children. They have a place at Logan Martin Lake where they, they allowed all these different uh, children with childhood di- diseases to come. And it's, it's, it's all kind from around the world. And, you know, it's just such a great thing they do. And so we got connected with them. And, you know, I, was, I really was thinking one of the things my dad was a coach and the things that I always loved about coaching was, was the team aspect, the the playing for more than yourself. You know, even as a high school coach, it was playing for your hometown and, you know, the people you went to church with. And that was something we said here, we're playing for this city, we're playing for these these people that fought for this program. And, and so we always want to play for UAB on the front of our jersey more than, than our name. And I said, well, now this is a time where we can really play for the name on the back of our jersey and and – you know, playing for somebody else, which is these children, and some of them have been cured. Some of them have, you know, gone on to be with the Lord, and then and then we've got some now that are that are fighting through illnesses now. So um, it's a way to recognize them, to recognize what's going on at Children's Harbor, and and just kind of just just give them a little recognition. Coach, I think that is truly uh, incredible. Uh, the Blazers celebrating homecoming as Louisiana Tech comes to town. I certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us today. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for turning that radio on this morning to the Nick Brown Show. You can call us at 888-993-7762 and become a fan of the Nick Brown Show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. We certainly appreciate you waking up early on this Saturday morning when you hear that fight song. It only means one of two things. Either John Tabor has had his limit of the Philly Plus Delicious Daylight Donuts or Bama Jim is on the phone. I think I know which one it is. Good morning, Bama Jim. How are you? Morning, Nick Brown. How are you, my friend? Man, I am uh, doing great, ready for some college football this afternoon. Oh, yeah, me too. Man, I was listening, and, and you said something, and I, it just 
I, I mean, I've been fortunate. I'm like you. When I'm in, I've been in a lot of different states, and I've seen a lot of good high school football teams. And old Prattville, boy, they used to have a smoker down there. Yeah, hey, I used to tell uh, old, old rednecks, old rednecks don't die. They just moved to Prattville. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Enterprise, boy, they was tough. Man, they was a tough little fella. Absolutely. You know, it's funny you brought up Enterprise. It's a small world. You know, their coach was a coach Bacon for years, a coach for years, powerhouse down in the state of Alabama, and actually went to college uh, with their son. You know how that works. You got a you got a good program like Enterprise, oh, and yeah. uh, Pat Dye. Pat Dye found a place for his son to work on the football staff somewhere. So, yeah, uh, yeah, but Enterprise, very, certainly a – very used to be a really big powerhouse in the uh, state of Alabama. And then there was one more little small school way up north, but I know you know about it, Stevenson. Little oh, bitty school. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Bad news. <laughs> yeah. That's I tell you what, uh, your Crimson Tide, your Crimson Tide shouldn't, uh, you know, that's an interesting game thing. I talked to Lynn about it because uh, I think the point spread on the Alabama Texas A&M game was like 26 and a half, Bama Jim. But here's the one, that's one I could see Alabama going in and totally uh, dominating and destroying Texas A&M. But to talk to actually Alabama fans last night, that's one that could cause concern because of the skill set with a lot of players at Texas A&M. And, uh, you know, that, that's going to be, that is going to be an interesting one to watch today. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever take for granted, man. I don't, you know, I, I don't, like you say, Nick, you, you don't play it on paper. You know, I, I, tr- I just, Every game, I, I've seen us lose to a whole lot worse team than Texas A&M and with their fan support. I mean, that's a tough place to go to. At, at, what is it, Kyle Field? Kyle Field. Yeah, that's yes, a sir. tough place, man. Woo! That place is, that thing will be rocking today. But, hey, that's why we play the games, Nick. And I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for Tech, but after what Mr. Bill Clark did, you know, I got a soft spot in my heart for kids, man. Well, you, you know, absolutely, I, and I can tell you this, Bama Jim, you know about it, and uh, you know, and here's one, I'm pulling for Tech as well. But you look, and, and this is a guy, you know, I think the thing about it, even before they, of course, uh, of course, they brought before they brought it back, you know, he had an opportunity because he's that good of a coach to go to some FBS G5 as well as some Power Five conference uh, teams as an assistant coach. And this is before bringing football back was, uh, you know, he, you know, it, it wasn't going to happen. And, and the thing about it, yeah, everyone will say, well, Nick, you got a contract. You're right. But you know how it is. Jim, if you, you sit there and you're out of the game for three or four years, you, you may have trouble getting a job. But, but he chose to uh, stick with the program, and they brought it back. So, yeah, soft spark for him. Certainly want to see Louisiana Tech win today. What he's doing for those kids is absolutely incredible. And you lived in the state of Alabama and you know that, uh, you know, Birmingham being the center of all, you know, a lot of medical activity, UAB, such a great school. And so uh, yeah, it's certainly uh, going to be a unique, uh, you know, something in college football uh, I'm looking forward to witnessing today. Me too, man. Hey, one more thing, I'll let you go, Nick. My father had surgery at UAB years ago, and they saved his life. Uh, neurosurgery. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a heck of a space, man. That's that's way up there on my list. So, hey, 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 I hear you, man. Hey, 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 Bama Jim, we always enjoy hearing from you, man. Certainly appreciate you calling in this morning. You have a good Saturday. You do the same, brother. All right, that's Bama Jim. You can call just like Bama Jim did on the H2Go Paddle Hotline. 
888-993-7762. We're going to go to the Donut Man as a uh, text from uh, Larry. Larry and Monroe on the Cam Newton comment says, Okay, I do not believe in downgrading a woman any time, and I'm not a fan of, fan of Cam Newton or Carolina. Someone explained to me what he said that was so offensive. I understand that what some people see as funny is hurtful to others. Some may, may disagree with what I am saying, but I think people just look at Cam Newton and what he said the wrong way. Most women do not understand the terminology of football, but this reporter does. Most women that meet athletes are trying to either get to know them or get a date. It was funny to him because it is unusual to hear a woman talk and in a football terminology. Most guys probably would have said the same thing. You know what? Here's what's funny. And I often don't talk about my other occupation here on the radio show. Uh, many of our listeners know and I'm a teacher, a public school teacher. And so I actually teach a sports class and a sports marketing class uh, in high school. And this was part of our weekly discussion class of uh, 12 students and it was interesting because out of the 12 what uh, what Larry was it Larry just said yes Larry Monroe and we appreciate Larry I always appreciate you texting in Larry we think we got the most intelligent audience in all of sports radio these are high school kids these are and I think uh, no no one senior one senior in the class that was the majority of the uh, opinion. There were two that said, hey, Whaley, it was terrible out of line. There were ten that said exactly what Larry just said. And I'm not saying that to defend anyone, but, but what you see? If, if Donut Man and I go watch a football game, we could come away from watching the same game and have two different opinions. And... And, and I'm glad that uh, Larry said that. He prefaced that by saying, not a fan of the Panthers, not a fan of Cam. Because if I say what Larry just said, then, then I'm just defending Cam. And could he have used a different word other than funny? And, yeah, probably so. And I think that uh, it's amazing. And, you know, I said, hey, told my wife, I said, I want you to come listen to what Cam Newton said. She goes, listen, I've already listened. I've already moved on. I didn't, you know, and so, but, again, she would be biased because she likes the Panthers. And it's amazing that I see more males speaking out about this being horrible than, than I've seen some females speak out and say, and, and I wish I know it was tough to find, John, and I think, you know, see, but I think Larry did hear the uh, hear the comment. Uh, but it's it's one of those things that where we are now that that everyone is offended. I'm not saying that what he said is right. Did he use an did he use an inappropriate word? Yes. But could you interpret the meaning of it in a different way? Now he came out and issued that apology because if he would have come out and said, "Guys, you, you misunderstood what I said," and he said what Larry just said, then it would either even bring further harm. To your and here's the thing: uh, the Panthers got a deal. And you're going to say, "Wait a minute, Nick, 103 million is a deal." When you look at it as far as what starting quarterbacks in the NFL make, and as far as in MVP quarterbacks make, uh, about 20 and a half million dollars a year. And we certainly would love that. 
but his endorsement deals are right at around $13 million. So he's making almost as much on endorsements that he is for playing the game of football. So therefore, yeah, you do have to go into damage control. And if you came out and said exactly what Larry just said, and I think there are more people that feel like Larry. I do, Donut Man. I do, John. But, and I know John, John might move on. It's over. End of story. Give me a pillowy, plus delicious daylight donut. Move on. Well, Nick, Nick, one of the questions I have is the lady that he was talking to, was she offended by this or oh, yeah, is yeah, this yeah, the yeah. media? She was. Yeah. Okay. yeah, she was. Okay. She came out. But don't get me wrong. And see, that's why a lot of times we get too scared to share our opinions. And that's what the Nick Brown Show is about. We'd love to hear yours. 888-993-7762. H2Go Paddle Hotline or H2Go Paddle Text Line. Love to hear from you. See, that's where we are. We get too afraid to say what we're saying because then we're going to be ridiculed and say that. Yeah, she was. But then also, you know, she writes for the Charlotte Observer, Charlotte paper. And so, yeah, she covers the team. And, but you go through and if you say what you think, you can say, hey, you know, she didn't let it go. She's looking for her 10 minutes of fame. I've read that. And then we're going to go through her personal Twitter life, and she's used racist and derogatory terms, talk about riding with her dad through Navajo Nation, and he's being a racist. And it's funny. Or, and she made a comment about Dale Earnhardt, and she used the N-word. And so, as I say, people in glass houses shouldn't so throw stones. You know, there's a way that could have been handled. Hey, Kim, you know, man, I didn't appreciate you saying that. But I'll tell you this, and uh, and you know what? Then you can do anything you want to be. You, you do it. I mean, you can be uh, a race car driver, Danica Patrick, anybody can do the job they want. But it doesn't, it, it's not going to change the fact that there are some jobs and some titles that people identify with with a particular sex. Like if I said the word someone was a beggar, I'll give you, a, you know, a blind beggar has a brother. The brother died. The man who died had no brother. Who was the beggar? And, and this is a riddle I used to do to all my classes. And no one could get it right. Well, I'm going to tell you that. We would take a break in just a minute, but a blind beggar has a brother. And the brother died. The man who died had no brother. Who was the beggar? And uh, there's a reason for that. You know, if you, if you hear the term, so when you think sports reporter, yeah, anybody can do whatever they want to do. But you think sports reporter, you think normally that's a job held by a male. And that's not the case. But, and so was it maybe interesting, maybe it was refreshing to hear a female reporter talk about rouse. And then we're talking about using a different word, a vernacular, then, then you totally change the con- context of what he was trying to say. And, and you know, was it there? We don't know what someone is thinking. But, you know, certainly, uh, we get to a point where we get too scared to, to voice our opinions, and I just find it uh, a little ironic or just uh, tell of society that you have more males and sports people jumping up and, and defending this, and some people of the same gender weren't bothered by it at all. Yeah, just a, a sign of the times, but certainly look forward to moving on. But by the way, a blind beggar has a brother. The brother died, had no brother. Who was the beggar? Was the beggar his was sister. his sister. <laughs> and often when we hear, that's right, often when we hear beggar, society would think of being a male. Just like if I said alcoholic, think of male. If I said nurse, you'd think female. And I understand that the right or wrong, but it's 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 how we we think through the times and certainly you know but uh move on with it but others have done worse others have done worse and have come out 
Okay, we certainly want your opinions at uh, 888-993-7762. That is the H.G.O. Paddle Hotline and text. But I want to get on another one. We'll change the mood just a bit. Before you you get off of this, Nick, we have one more from Jason in Minden. He says he thinks it was totally blown up by the media, and his expression shows that he wasn't really being derogatory. And that's Jason's opinion. And and you know what? Here's the thing. It's amazing that we have a lot of people coming in and saying that because I think a lot of them, like Larry, most of them are probably Saints fans, and you don't like a divisional quarterback. You know, and Sean Fox will tell you that. You know, he doesn't like any quarterbacks. To play against the Saints, regardless of who it is. But but it's interesting. Light it up just a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, years ago, uh, Tommy Tuberville left Ole Miss, although he wouldn't leave Ole Miss. It had to be in a pine box, but he left. And one of the problems he found was, you know, recruiting the Rebel flag, Colonel Reb. And saw Colonel Reb is crying when Orgeron was there. Now they know Mike the Tiger's crying. But they made a change. And they came out, everybody's got to have a costume mascot. And it's interesting to watch because – this is the great thing about costume mascots. Some people, some kids either love them or they're totally terrified by them. And you see that even on the high school level. But Ole Miss chose a bear. And uh, scientific notation, Ursus Americanus luteolus, for those of you who are so inclined in the in biology. But they made a move away, and they're going to get rid of the costume bear immediately. And you're going to be the rebels. But now their mascot is going to be the land shark. It has taken over. So they, yeah, you go. You got Marshall Henderson. He did the land shark. The defense, the land shark. So it's amazing. So Ole Miss is moving forward. You know. So I think that's you know you know you got people that have been mascots for years and made the move, and the bear never took on. It's kind of like being the the coach after the coach. You know, you don't want to be the guy that follows Bear Bryant. You don't want to be the guy that follows Nick Saban. You don't want to be the guy. You know, a lot of people split on the Colonel Revs. So you knew that the mascot that came up, because regardless of what it was, took the place of Colonel Revs. And now the Ole Miss is going to use the Land Shark as their mascot. And I know that you could care less, don't it, man, because you've got Bully over in Starkville. Exactly. Nobody's changing the dog. That's right. The carnivorous canine uh, of Mississippi State. It's certainly glad to have you uh, back in, Donut Man. I hope you guys are enjoying those truly plump, delicious day-night donuts. Appreciate them sponsoring the Nick Brown Show. But I also appreciate the great folks at Chevron Fast Lube on Tech Drive. They're the official Fast Lube of the Nick Brown Show. Go in and get your oil changed because if you take care of your car, it will take care of you. And that's what I do. Get that oil changed. Made the uh, trip last night to uh, Birmingham. Birmingham, Alabama edition of the Nick Brown Show. Put that Chevron Fast Lube on Tech Drive, the official Fast Lube of the Nick Brown Show. And the great thing about it, they're more than just an oil change. They're a great wiper blade. You know, hey, I'm a, I'm a hero around the house because I bring my wife's vehicle in, and I tell her that I went to the parts house and changed the wiper blade. So, hey, they take care for me at Chevron Fast Lube on Tech Drive. They've got great coffee in the waiting area, but you're not going to wait very long. That Chevron Fast Lube on Tech Drive, the official Fast Lube of the Nick Brown Show. We'll be right back to touch base with Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine when we return on the Nick Brown Show. This is the Nick Brown Show. Get in the game by calling 888-993-7762. Email nickbrownshow at suddenlink.net or get social on the Nick Brown Show Facebook page. 
Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. We certainly appreciate you waking up early on this Saturday morning. I tell you, before I introduce Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, i got to tell you there's, there's a common theme that, that I make my way to Birmingham and Lynn leaves the country. And now, you know, I make my way into Birmingham, and I know he has a job to cover today, but, you know, I mean, as soon as I get to town, you immediately leave. You know, I thought we were closer than that, but every time I come to Birmingham, you leave. Well, I didn't immediately leave. You you got into Birmingham about 2 a.m. last night, and I left about uh, 7 a.m. this morning. So that was about a about a five-hour overlap. You know, the interesting thing, you know, you're usually – I'm usually in Birmingham, Alabama when we do the show, and you're not. And today you're in Birmingham, Alabama to do the show, and I'm not. So there's a little, uh, little, little irony there. Actually, I'm uh, – you know exactly where I am. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly where you are, but I'm uh, at the corner of uh, Magnolia and Donahue, uh, right across from Mama Goldberg's. For anybody in the audience that's uh, familiar with Albert, I'll be going into the press mm-hmm. box as soon as we get through with this show. So uh, down here to cover SEC ball, and uh, you're in my hometown to cover UAB. You know, uh, you know, interesting. Uh, you know, made our way over here to uh, Birmingham, and you're of course on the plane. It's going to be a big day in the uh, the SEC. A lot of a lot of good games uh, scheduled for today and look forward to uh, hearing it. But before I say that, i got to tell you, I almost won a wager with you because uh, last week uh, I said you better watch out for Eastern Michigan as they make their way uh, into Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, they, they nearly pulled the upset. Close doesn't count, but it was, uh, it was a better ball game than you thought it would be. No, there was. I thought I thought Kentucky would win. I, I made up for that pick, though, by saying that uh, I thought there was a good chance Torrey State might do it in Baton Rouge. And, uh, and and they did. Uh, you know, it's, it, we've gotten to the point, Nick, that you, you really can't count on the the Power Five teams, with few exceptions. You can't count on them for sure uh, having having comfortable wins anymore. And uh, there's a, there's a few teams that have that have certainly broke that uh, exception so far this year. But uh, but I mean, any given any given Saturday, that could that could change. And uh, and just some of the ball games that we had had last week, the. You know, there's there's been so many games. You were on the on the sideline uh, at South Carolina when when Louisiana Tech probably should have won that ball game, and um and and South Carolina pulls it out there at the you know at the at the very end. LSU, this Troy thing wasn't wasn't an illusion. I mean, the week before that, uh, they're up by two points late in the fourth quarter to Syracuse, and Syracuse has only won one game. That was at home to Middle Tennessee, and I don't think I'm not sure Middle Tennessee's won another game. So. Uh, you got a, a number of the of the bigger teams this year, supposedly bigger teams this year, that uh, that are having some down 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 results, either losing ball games or, or not winning like they should. Well, I want to tell you, I want to start with over to Lynn Scarborough from uh, Lindy's Magazine, and I, and I can't say he's in beautiful Birmingham, Alabama, because I am. He's on the plains of Auburn there to cover uh, Ole Miss and Auburn, and we'll talk about that game in, in just a minute. But uh, Lynn, interesting. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but Ole Miss is going to made the decision they're going to get rid of the costume bear and uh, go with the land sharks. Anything, you know, they're going to have some positive change out of and, and Oxford, but they're going to change the costume mascot. I did not know if you were aware of that or not. Well, I, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not really sure that I know the logic of that. I, I suspect, although it's not, you know, Yogi Bear and Boo Boo are probably not going to be spotted anywhere around Oxford. I think it's more likely that we would have a bear somewhere around uh, Oxford than a shark. So um, some, somehow having the uh, you know having a shark in landlocked Oxford, where I don't, I don't think there's even a creek going by the town, uh, I'm not sure how logical that is. Of course, I thought it was silly uh, that we tried to make them be bears anyway. Uh, 
you know, UNLV still the Rebels, I think, last time I saw. I think their mascot's a, a, a Rebel guy going around in a, a Rebel uniform. So uh, I don't understand the Ole Miss deal. But, you know, that's just me. I'm, I'm old Archie Bunker traditional, and uh, and it's just, you know, fooling with the mascots is another silly thing that uh, – that uh, a lot more important things than that, but then next time they ask my opinion on that, uh, Nick will be the first time. Well, you, you got to say, talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lenny's Magazine, but before we break down all these games, we got a special guest for you back in the studio. He, you know, he made his way. I, you know, here's the thing, boy, it's a common thing. Who needs enemies when you got friends like Lynn Scarborough and the Donut Man? You know, the Donut Man is now, I leave the studio, so he's back in the studio. Uh, now, there's no Mississippi State game today, thank goodness. But now he brings a pillowy plus delicious daylight donut back to the studio for he and John Taylor to enjoy while I'm on the road. Well, is there, you think there's uh, is there a message you're supposed to be getting there, Nick? Uh, you I, I you leave town and, and, and Donut Man goes to the studio and you leave town and, so, and you come to town and I leave. So I, I, I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just giving you something to think about. <laughs> You know, I think certainly it is the case. But I want to tell you what I talk about the Georgia and uh, Vanderbilt. That's one. Vanderbilt played very tough on the road down in Gainesville. And now they're uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. I think Georgia pulls this one out. Is it going to be a little bit closer than most things? I, I, I can't imagine that it's going to closer than most things. The, I, 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 I see this being – what the line's not but 17, is it? That's right. You know what I saw? Yeah, that, that's the first quarter score. I think this is a you know in the hey let me give you an interesting stat here and the uh, the I think clearly at this point the top three teams in the SEC are Georgia Alabama and Auburn I don't know that it'll end up that way I think Auburn certainly has got some chances to lose uh, and I think Georgia got a chance to lose at Auburn uh, as well uh, but the last three weeks those three teams the best teams in the SEC right now have played three SEC ball games have played an SEC ball game each so their record is six and zero in those three games. The combined score in those six ball games is 297 to 30. The top three teams in the SEC are beating other SEC teams that they're playing by an average score of 49.5 to five. Well, there's a you know, so there's a reason for that. Uh, I'm not sure that that uh, Georgia will win by 40, uh, but I, I think they may win by closer to 40 than to 17. I, I don't see Vanderbilt giving them any kind of game at all. Uh, unless Georgia just gives it away. All right, I want to turn to uh, a game that's going to be very interesting. That's uh, LSU and Florida. This is one, Lynn, very odd. You, you look at LSU, of course, they lost to Troy, which is just right down the road, a program you're very familiar with. And, Troy, yeah, and I know you, you said last week to watch it, this game is going to be closer than you think, and you wouldn't surprise you, you don't, you know, if you had to bet, which you don't, but if you were, you, you say, you know, you'd pick LSU, but don't be surprised if Troy... Uh, plays well and even wins the game. It wouldn't shock you. Well, now what what does shock me is that you had to have a meeting with Ed Orgeron and Joe Oliva, the athletic director, as well as the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, make sure you're on the same page. It just strikes me, and it's troublesome, that your head coach has to have a meeting with the athletic director to make sure that he and his coordinators are all on the same page. I mean, you go back and you see – well, Bear Bryant needs to sit down with his – and I'm not comparing Bear Bryant and Ed Orgeron. Don't, you know, go there. But I'm just saying because I'd have 20 calls. But I'm saying could you see a coach of, you know, of that stature or Vince Dooley or anyone, Phil Fulmer, you know, that's something that was alarming and, and really sent off a red flag to me. Well, I'll say this. If so far this season the four of them have been on the same page, then they need to get another book. Uh, they don't need to just change pages. They need the entire novel to change. 
because uh, the page they've been on has not been a very attractive page. Uh, it would be more reassuring to me as an LSU fan if they got together and decided they would get on a different page uh, because it ain't been a good one that they've been on so far. Uh, you know, I, I don't. it's hard to read this game in, in Florida today because Florida finds itself in the unusual position, as, as does uh, Texas A&M in a way, uh, in, the, in the West. If Florida can win this game today, uh, they set themselves up as pretty clearly the top threat for Georgia in the Eastern Division. And, uh, and Florida, Florida's lucky to just even won a game. I mean, the, the, uh, you know, the Kentucky gives them the game by, by not even being able to have 10 men on the field, not once but twice, to give them two cheap touchdowns. Uh, Tennessee can't defend a 63-yard Hail Mary or they lose that. Um, you know, Van- Vanderbilt, they can't get but three first downs against Alabama at home in the entire game. In the fourth quarter, seven points down, put up 24. It's seven points down on Florida. Uh, and then Florida uh, still got its best running back suspended. It has its, uh, its best wide receiver is not going to play. And its starting quarterback has a cup broken collarbones out for the year. That doesn't sound like the formula to me to somebody that's going to be a threat to win the division. But that's where they sit right now because other teams are just giving them games uh, that they really probably, ha- probably hadn't earned winning. Uh, on the flip side, uh, LSU gets massacred by Mississippi State. That, with all due respect, uh, uh, Donut Man is not what we thought. Um, and and then they almost lose to Syracuse and 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 they get beat by Troy. Um, so, you know, and they've got their own quarterback issues. Uh, this is a game that you know, if they still let them have ties and didn't go to overtime, you'd pick them to tie. Uh, I'm going to take Florida to win the game because they're playing in Florida. Uh, if they're playing in Louisiana, I'd take LSU. Uh, this is this is two teams I'm totally unimpressed with. Uh, with that being said, uh, I think Auburn, where I'm getting ready to go watch a game here in, a, in an hour or so, I think Auburn's got to really watch out next week in Baton Rouge because if I'm right and LSU loses to Florida, then the Auburn game for LSU becomes critical uh, because they, I mean, they can't, they can't if they lose that ball game, uh, you're going to be looking for whether or not LSU is even going to qualify for a bowl, and they're going to be going from number seven in the country at one point, I think. To, to maybe not even qualifying for a bowl game. So if they do lose today, then the, the Auburn game just becomes critical for LSU. It'd just be Auburn's first conference loss, but it'd be critical for LSU if, uh, if, if they were to lose today. Uh, it'll be an interesting game to watch, uh, significant in, uh, in both divisions, but not significant because both of them ought to be title contenders. I'm going to go with Florida off the home field advantage. We're going to stick with the SEC East, and I'm going to tell you that uh, my crystal ball says, you know what, you could end up with the conference record. You could have you have a three-way tie for uh, the SEC East. I'm not going to count out the uh, Kentucky Wildcats just yet. They go to Missouri today, and I think that's a pivotal game, and how do you see that one playing out? Well, now, are you sure they go to Missouri? I thought Missouri went to Kentucky. I check and see. I thought it was in. Uh, well, that that changes. No, if, yes, if, right. Because if, 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 if they do go to Missouri, if, if they go to Missouri, it makes a difference in what I'm going to say. But I no, think Missouri travels. To, you're right. Missouri is traveling to Lexington. Okay, then I take then I take Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky probably is a better team overall than, than Missouri, uh, and Kentucky should be uh, should, should be undefeated in the league. They gave the game away to Florida. They controlled the game the entire time, and they can't even put enough men on the field. Uh, so if you know that level of ineptness is almost uh, inconceivable. And and they should have won that ball game. I think Kentucky beats Missouri, but I'll say this. I think Missouri, everybody's writing them off saying they're the worst team in the league. They won't win another game. Uh, there are going to be some, some weeks this year, uh, uh, unless something changes drastically, there'll be some weeks this year when you hear me pick Missouri to win. 
but uh, but today is not one of them. I think Kentucky wins the game. Okay, I, I can't wait for that to happen because uh, I'm anxious to hear you uh, pick Missouri over which conference game. But I want to look. I want to tell you a game, uh, Lynn. That's one of those ones that uh, you, know, you don't want to say this about Will Muschamp just in year two at South Carolina. Although I've had the opportunity to see him on the sidelines, in my opinion, not much has changed with his offense or really defense since his days at the University of Florida. I think it's one where he's got a tag, totally outplayed and dominated South Carolina. South Carolina just happened to win the game. And uh, they just don't see organized. And then you see this one, uh, Brett Bielema, certainly this is one the Razorbacks desperately need to win. But if follows suit, and I guess you'll lean to South Carolina since the game is in South Carolina. Well, I, I really sort of think Arkansas is going to win the game. Um, and, but it's not strong. It's not strong because they're playing in South Carolina. This is, this is two teams, and we've had these a number of weeks here. We've had it with Texas A&M when they played South Carolina, when Texas A&M when they played Arkansas, with Kentucky when they played South Carolina. Uh, you've, you've got teams that sort of were bunched in that same group. At the start of the season, you had four SEC teams that were, that were ranked up there at the top, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, and LSU. Well, LSU's already removed itself, but the other three are still there. And then you had that next grouping that was Texas A&M and Arkansas and South Carolina and Kentucky, Michigan State, uh, that in there together in that middle group where you're looking for who's going to raise itself up and get out of that middle group and, con- and contend for the top. Well, Texas A&M's got itself in position by having wins, not impressive wins, but wins over South Carolina and Kentucky. A&M's got itself at 4-1, and one, and if not for the greatest, second greatest collapse in the history of college football against UCLA, they'd be sitting there at 5-0 and and, uh, and and probably ranked in the top 15 teams in the country. But, you know, but they're not. Uh but I think this is a critical game for South Carolina and for Bilma uh, and for Arkansas in the, in the pecking order for this year. I don't think it's a critical game for Will Muschamp's career. I do think it's a critical game for Bilma's career. Um, he's, got, he's got to be winning some ball games, and if he doesn't win this one, then he's got Alabama next week and he's got Auburn the next week. And Alabama and Auburn are both imminently better than Arkansas. Now, with that being said, Arkansas has to go to – I mean, Auburn has to go to Arkansas, and Auburn could lose up there. Uh, and, and, again, it could be similar to win one for the Gipper, like I'm saying it's going to be for, uh, for LSU next week against Auburn. If, if Arkansas loses today and then they lose to Alabama, then they're playing for Bilma's career. They're also playing for their bowl eligibility when Auburn comes in there the next week. So Auburn's position uh, up there near the top ten, uh, assuming they win today, and they may not, but assuming they win today, then the next three weeks for Auburn are going to be critical because they, they, you know, somebody decided that playing three consecutive SEC West road games was a good thing and put that on Auburn's schedule. But I'm getting ahead of the game. For, these, for, for, uh, for it to be significant for Arkansas, they, they desperately need to win today. There are people involved in the Arkansas situation that are already uh, exploring ways to, for Coach Billman not to be their coach any longer. And if he loses today, then the numbers say he'll lose the next two weeks, he'll be on a three-game losing streak, be out of any kind of conference race, and be fighting to even become bowl eligible. Uh, so uh, I, I think, I think is, there's, there's a lot on the line for both coaches, but I think more on the line for Coach Bilma. I think Arkansas will pull it out, but once again, it's one of those that won't surprise me. They're pretty equal teams, and if I went by my usual thing of saying when it's equal, I go with the home team, I would go with South Carolina. Well, before we talk about uh, the uh, game that you're going to cover and then the other game out in uh, Kyle Field in College Station, I want to talk about a game that, that I'm going to see this afternoon because you live in Birmingham. Lindy's is headquartered here in Birmingham. And it's one that really, you get the pulse. A lot of people talk when they, when they brought UAB football back. 
and, uh, you know, you're going to have the excited, the rah-rah, UAB's back, you know, are people going to put their money where their mouth is, and, and you have a pulse on that program. It's the excitement has not really, you know, wavered like many thought that it would. It seems to just be gaining momentum, and certainly today homecoming at Legion Field and what uh, – our first friend Bill Clark is doing it on the back of the jerseys. And certainly, this describe how Birmingham, are you seeing a difference in Birmingham embrace this team uh, as in the past? Yes, yes. This team has never been embraced uh, like it is now. Uh, it's a refreshing thing to see. Bill Clark's a great guy. He deserves it. The UAB program should never have had this travesty done against them. So it's great to see it coming back like this. I don't know if UAB can beat Louisiana Tech. Oh, I guess they could. I don't know that they will. If I were if I were picking the game, I'd pick Louisiana Tech to win. But I don't think it's inconceivable. North Texas has turned to be one of the surprise teams in Conference USA. Uh, UAB goes on the road last week, loses 39-36, uh, and and just loses at the you know at the very end on a on a field goal. Um, I, we thought before the season started. I really felt like UAB had a chance uh, to go to a bowl game. Uh, and and I, I made the statement that uh, if, if they if they did if they went from not even being in existence to winning six or seven games uh, that my vote for coach of the year is probably going to go with Bill Clark and and nothing nothing's changed on that uh, I think UAB's got a chance against against Louisiana Tech today I don't think it'll happen I think Louisiana Tech will win and and I've got kind of mixed feelings on it of course I, I know Bill Clark he's a personal friend and and I've covered them at Jacksonville State and my wife's a UAB graduate. And so, you know, my loyalties go with them. I also have become a quasi-Louisiana Tech fan over the years. I've been on the air with you and Fox and, and y'all for so long. Uh, they're in the hometown of Louisiana Tech and have followed them so closely that I, I'm, a, I'm a quasi-Louisiana Tech fan as well. So um, very interested to see this one. I do think Louisiana Tech will win. Uh, again, one of those that won't surprise me if UAB were to win it. And I still think UAB's got uh, – you and I talked about it uh, off the air during the week. I think UAB's got uh, at least two and maybe four. Uh, other games that they could win, and if so, uh, if they could win three of them, they're they're bowl eligible, which would just be a, a huge. Will be one of the, be one of the biggest stories in college football. One of the, the most feel good stories in college football would be if UAB could be from being uh, murdered uh, to coming up and going to a bowl game. Yeah, and we did talk about it. And you look on the schedule, you think this team. I, I think, and I'll say it. You know, they're gonna. Get a, should get a victory over UTEP, should get a victory over Rice, and should get a victory over Charlotte. That's the games that they're going to go into that UAB will be favored. Two plus three equals five. Bottom line, UAB has to steal a game to make bowl eligibility, and that's either going to be against Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee State, or Southern Miss. Obviously, I do not want that to happen today, but, uh, you know, one thing they said, you know, you're going to bring it back and have that newness, and then it's just going to wear off, but that has not been the case. And I know that weather may be a concern today at Legion Field, but I look for a good crowd to be there for homecoming. Now I'm going to turn to one. Uh, the line has dropped half a point. That's Alabama making a trip out to College Station, Texas, to take on the Aggies. And you, you talked about just a little earlier, this team would be undefeated. This is one that's kind of weird because I could see Alabama go in and dominating uh, and really, you know, uh, things start going uh, downhill for the Aggies. But I also can see the Aggies playing very good football today and it being a lot closer than a 26-point spread. Yeah, I think 26 is too big, and I'll say with the uh, with the numbers I gave a minute ago about Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia, I'm going to pick Georgia to cover the line comfortably. Uh, but I don't think uh, I don't think Alabama and, and Auburn necessarily will. I mean, I, I do think Alabama and Auburn will win. We'll talk about the Auburn and Miss game in a minute. But uh, but I I don't like uh, going in in, in uh, SEC games and having teams three or four touchdown favorites. That's just not uh, if you take your best team in the conference and the worst team in the conference. 
uh, things could happen so they stay within four touchdowns. So I'm, I'm with you. I think uh, Kellen Mond's getting better. He has never gone up against a defense like Alabama's. Uh, they got to get the ball to Christian Kirk. Uh, I would I would almost uh, try to figure out a way to get a ball in his hands every every play. Uh, he's the best off. He's the best scoring threat in the conference with Debo Samuel down. Uh, he and Debo Samuel were the two best ones. Now it's Christian Kirk alone. Uh, you know they've got a decent running attack. Uh, the the question is going to be you know what can their defense do against against Alabama? Uh, their their uh, Texas A&M's offense. I mean, defense has just not been stellar. They would pull ahead of Arkansas, and then Arkansas would score again. And, you know, they'd get up to 42 to 35 or whatever. Here comes Arkansas scoring its sixth touchdown when all they had to do was stop them one time, you know, to have the ball game. So I don't, I don't think A&M's defense can, can do the job against Alabama uh, enough, to, enough to win the ball game. But uh, if, again, you're right, I don't bet on games. But if I did, I probably would take Texas A&M to cover. Uh, A&M, even, let's say A&M loses to, to uh to Alabama and they lose to Auburn. Let's say they lose those two. I mean, that's still a nine and three season and going to a bowl game and being ranked in the top twenty-five. I mean, so this is so I'm not uh, I'm not saying Coach Sumlin saved the hot seat yet or cooled it off yet, but the fact that they're sitting there at four and one, the, the Alabama game, while big for Texas A&M, is not uh, gigantic. The two gigantic games for them were the two they won over South Carolina and Arkansas, because that you lose those games and then the seat really gets hot. You lose to Alabama. And, and everybody thinks you're going to lose to Alabama. So, yes, I, I do think Alabama will win. I think they'll probably control the game. Uh, if I were betting on it, I would, I would say that A&M would stay within 26 points off. Well, keeping with the uh, Birmingham, the Alabama theme of the Nick Brown show today, just a side note, Kevin Selman was actually born in Bruton, Alabama, Escambia County. Those of you that made your way to the beach, you go to Escambia County, Florida, just across the line. You got Escambia County, Alabama, so he's from uh, Bruton, Alabama. Now let's go to the I had no, old mill. I had no idea. I had no idea. I got many, many good friends from Bruton, Alabama. Yeah, just the things you learn when you listen to the Nick Brown Show, I tell you. And uh, let's look at that uh, game between uh, Ole Miss and Auburn. Going to kick off around 11 o'clock today. And uh, Auburn, like you said, is favored by a very comfortable margin. You don't see the Tigers putting a 21-and-a-half point, I believe, spread on the uh, Ole Miss. Let's go Rebels with a costume land shark. Yeah, it was twenty. It was twenty-two. Uh, twenty-two when I left this morning. When I looked and checked lines this morning before I left the house, it was at twenty-two. And again, I think that's too much. The uh, I mean, I think Auburn wins. Auburn clearly has a better team than Ole Miss. But um, Auburn's the number four, I think, passing defense in the country. Uh, they're the only team in the country that has not given up more than fourteen points in the game. Ole Miss is is about number four in passing offense. Uh, Shea Patterson. Uh, even after having played Alabama, Shea Patterson's averaging 300 yards a game passing. Um, he, he got a good many yards last last week. Not to have gotten any points, um, you know. So I think I think Ole Miss's is offense uh, has got you know has got some potential. Uh, I I don't know you know they they it's, it's hard to figure. They hadn't scored a touchdown in like six quarters. They they couldn't even score in the, in, in the entire half against California when they um, when they had a, had the game on the line. So they're able to get a lot of yards, and they're not able to get many points, and that's kind of hard to that's kind of hard to figure on, on what's happening there. Um, Auburn's defense is, is strong, maybe maybe the best defense Nick that, that they've had since back in your day, back in, in Pat Dye's day, uh, and and the offense is, is now starting to click. Uh, Jarrett Stidham's completed 82% of his passes the last three games. You can't complete 82% of your passes if if you got a receiver standing out there by himself on the field, it's just you and him, and. Uh, He's completed a. He's, he was the ESPN National Quarterback of the Week last week 
and the week before. They've only named it five times, and back, back-to-back has been Jarrett Stidham from Auburn. So Auburn's very strong in every phase of the ball game. But with that being said, I think 22 points is too much. I, uh, you know, and I don't think Auburn is going to lose the game, but I almost would say it's more likely they'd lose than that they win by four touchdowns. That's just a, that's a lot of points. I mean, how, how long can Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia continue beating SEC opponents by four or five touchdowns a game? And I just, I just think that's, I think that's too much. So I do like Auburn to win the game. It, I, usually I can say it wouldn't surprise me if they lost. This one would very much surprise me if they lost. But it wouldn't surprise me if it was a close ball game and Ole Miss, uh, you know, it, uh, along in the game, looks like they've got a chance. Okay, the, the final thing I'm going to mention to you, and, uh, you know, I take the orange and blue goggles off for a minute, and you can put them on. The one thing that I haven't heard from the national media, and really no one making a reference or a point when you talk about the top teams in the country, and I think that Clemson's number one, Alabama's number two. Uh, I know they're reversing the polls, but really – None of your national media has made any mention of the game that Auburn had with Clemson, with the players that, that Auburn had with Clemson, and, and the players were out, and they played them very close. I know they didn't win the game, but really, not really making much mention of that. With the exception of, of Clemson losing to Pittsburgh last year, out of the last two and a half seasons, the top game played against Clemson was by Auburn this year at Clemson. The second top game played against Clemson was by Auburn last year when they played them in Auburn. Uh, Auburn has, has its backup quarterback uh, suspended, its top running back uh, injured and can't play, its number one wide receiver suspended and can't play. They lose their center. Uh, they're, on, they're on the road at the home field of the defending national champion, get 11 sacks, and with all of that, they lose by one touchdown. So, yeah, I agree with you. I'll tell you another one is Ohio State. Well, Ohio State did lose at home, where Auburn went on the road. But Ohio State, the one-loss team that only lost to the number three team in the country, and Auburn's a one-loss team that only lost to the number two team in the country. So it's still it's still mighty early for these teams to be uh, to be written off. Another one, Oklahoma State, uh, has only lost uh, to the number you know, eight team in the country, or whatever TCU is right now. So I think you make a mistake to totally write off these teams that have got one loss, and, and Auburn certainly fits the bill. Auburn statistics. In the games that they won, and the closeness of the game they lost would make them probably the number one team in the country that has one loss. But with that being said, you still got a whole lot of teams that have no losses, and Auburn's schedule is brutal with uh, with three back to back to back SEC road games, only to come home and then have to play back to back games against Georgia and Alabama, two teams that are ranked in the top five in the country. So uh, Auburn's Auburn's upcoming schedule is just suicidal. But with that being said, at this point. I think you make a good point about uh, about what's being overlooked in Auburn's uh, in Auburn's resume so far. Well, well, you've done it again. I know you've got a job to do. Appreciate you, Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Now you make your way to the press box, but we certainly uh, always appreciate you joining us. Lynn takes you to ten every Saturday morning. Oh, sounds good. And listen, if you get a few minutes uh, on the way out of town, uh, pull by Jim and Nick and get some fried green tomatoes for me. Well, I may go by a full moon and get the chocolate chip cookies dipped in the chocolate. Yeah, listen, go by full moon, you can get fried okra and fried green tomatoes, I think. There you go. I certainly appreciate it, Lynn. You have a great afternoon. All right, man. Talk with you soon. Have a good time out at Lucia Field today. All right. That's Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. He's not in beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. I am today for the Birmingham, Alabama edition of the Nick Brown Show. Louisiana Tech, UAB kickoff at 3 o'clock. Certainly thanks to John Tabor, the great job he does producing uh, every Saturday morning. And to the Donut Man, we appreciate you making the appearance. We look forward to it and hope you enjoyed the pillowy fluffs this morning.
Guys, until next week, as always, keep the coffee warm. been listening to the nick brown show a fresh brew of sports talk tune in again every saturday or stay in the conversation all week long with the nick brown show on facebook or twitter